A group of Afghan refugees in Poland rushed to support the millions of Ukrainians who fled the Russian invasion. The painful memories of their own war, a recent shadow. One of the group, 27-year-old Sabur Dawudzai, fled the 20-year conflict in Afghanistan when the Taliban returned to power in August 2021. He, like so many others, embarked on an arduous journey to escape the harsh rule of the Taliban and found himself in Poland. So when Sabur and his friends saw a New York Times front page photograph depicting four people, including two children, killed in the war, they could identify with the horror. Grateful for the warm welcome they received in Poland, they just wanted to pay it forward. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Ahmed Meher, and in this week's episode, we explore how Afghans in Poland, displaced themselves, have mobilized to support Ukrainians fleeing the war. Before we start, if you want to get all the latest from Beyond the Headlines, hit subscribe in your podcast app. Every war has a picture, a thousand pictures, all too sad to witness, but too horrific to ignore. In 2015, Alan Kurdi, a Syrian toddler, drowned while his family was trying to cross the Mediterranean Sea and escape the country's civil war. The photograph of the dead child galvanized public sympathy with the Syrian refugee crisis. It had been fading, though, after four years of war. In Afghanistan, as the Taliban regained control in August 2021, a desperate picture of those clinging to a U.S. carrier went viral. Anyone who had worked as translators or with the previous government, the U.S. and NATO feared for their lives. For Sabur, the images from Ukraine were a startling reminder. I had the same situation in Afghanistan. And we left everything, my education, my everything. I, I left everything with a single bag. I had the same feelings for them. When I heard the news, when I heard their situations, I thought while I was stuck in Afghanistan, there was no one to help me except Poland. Let's help. Let's think as a human. Let's think as a humanitarian and help them. Sabur spends three to four hours every weekday at the Zakhudnia bus station in Warsaw. It's one of the main meeting points where long lines of exhausted looking refugees come after they have escaped Ukraine. He and his Afghan teammates, who have sought political asylum in Poland, knew from social media groups and their own experience what these people need most. They speak English but have to use Google Translate to communicate with some Ukrainians. I just decided with some of my friends to collect some clothes, and then I bought some foods, and we tried to bring that to the one of the refugee camp, which was basically 55 kilometers far from here. But uh, bad luck was that since there was no refugee there at the time, uh, most of the people, when they used to come to the uh, Warsaw, 
there was some people who was be able to provide them some kind of uh, accommodation so all of the people was going through uh, some personal accommodations and then we decided to come there was a main bus station called uh, Warsaw uh, Zachodnia Zachodnia bus station and we came there because lots of people were coming here and from there they was some of them were looking for help and uh, most of them were going to another countries from the same station i mean for germany for uh, france for other countries they were first they used to come here to warsaw zachodnia and from zachodnia they used to go to the other places so that was the better place for them to be there and then we decided there was a small place for the people while they was looking for help they used to drop the clothes there and they used to take some new clothes from there and foods as well so we decided to put uh, everything there and there was people who was coming and getting that things and then when i saw that place is good for helping the ukrainians uh, i decided to go every day for 3 to 4 hours and i was looking for the people instead of the people looking for the volunteers i was looking on the people that if you need uh, anything just let me know sabur's last position was an advisor to the deputy interior minister in afghanistan the former government employee says he and his wife were granted asylum in october after leaving kabul on august the 23rd of 2021 they haven't found jobs yet but they are making ends meet with their savings community support and a monthly allowance from the Polish government of around 280 US dollars for the two of them there was an inauguration in the inauguration program they put bag full of explosive and they blasted us and i was very badly injured there i was very badly injured uh, in my foot i had mm. to do uh, i mean 13 or 14 operations of my body because there was a bomb parts in my body first they blasted us in the event then uh, while i was trying to go to the hospital in the street there was another uh, we call them rickshaw or you can call them tuk tuk a small uh, three tires of that was full of explosive again and when we came out they again blasted the same and after that somehow i survived and i was trying to run to jump into the water and there was one person who had a hand grenades in the bag and they, he wanted to throw to us because they wanted to kill us and in that incident eight of my best friends uh, was killed in that incident eight people and uh, on that place the person who was trying to kill me uh, when he put grenade on me uh, because of the gas or something i fled near to the water and i act like i'm killed that's why he left me because he was looking on me and i was like okay i'm killed and he was like okay so that's why uh, i got to survive otherwise i was also be the one to be killed sabur managed to flee kabul thanks to a lifeline provided by polish member of parliament and former education minister yuana klojek klojek helped 200 Afghans leave the country and start new lives in Poland after the Taliban takeover. Altogether, there are approximately 1200 Afghans now in Poland, mostly housed 
in refugee camps. Klojic, who says she has an affinity with Afghanistan, helped connect all the decision-makers involved, from the ministries of interior and defense to the private sector, to get the Afghan refugees into Poland. I was interested in the history of Afghanistan. Uh, I have no doubt that the long uh, Afghan-Soviet war uh, helped to collapse Soviet Union and freed my country. I respect, uh, for example, Ahmed Masoud, the, the very important uh, Afghan man. And because I'm interested in this in this history, I have a few few colleagues, through few friends on Twitter. I know Afghan people because I'm interested in Afghan history. My childhood was under um, Soviet occupation. I was a member of Polish um, underground opposition, etc., etc. And I think that that my country is free. It's very important for for me, and uh, you know, and the Afghan war um, helped us to to be free. And I think this uh, Afghan history is uh, very interesting in in general, yes, because it's a it's a border between one one part of of world and the second it's a russian and the west etc etc very interesting point on the map yes when the last summer the evacuation nato members co-workers started i tried to help some afghan people who cooperate with the, the Polish army yes? and because I am a member of the Polish parliament, I am a member of the Commission of Defense, I prepared a list containing Afghan people and the first list was 78 names people and I never count this number but I think that I helped about 200 Afghan people. Klojic says humanity shouldn't be selective in treating refugees. There have been many controversies over the acceptance of Ukrainian refugees and the handling of other refugee crises from countries like Syria and Afghanistan. I was a journalist and I saw last part war in Lebanon. I saw war in former Yugoslavia. I've been several times to Chechnya and now and I know what the war is. And I know that wars are similar. Yes, similar is cruelty, similar suffering. And believe me, the refugee camps look the same, look the same. And uh, whether someone has to flee from war, it doesn't depend on skin color or eye. And, and you know, but uh, for Poles, the Ukrainian war is specific, but it's there only the fundamental difference. It's closer us than another wars, only. And the second, that Poland can a little understand the Ukrainian language and Ukrainian culture. And, but believe me, uh, wars are similar, yes. Uh, but I think that the second reason is the Afghan people now, it's a number about 1,200. 
And Ukrainian, it's a number about two million. So there's a big difference. But uh, but you know, in my opinion, the war is cruelty, and uh, each person who needs help, you can do everything to help him. The invasion of Ukraine and the ensuing flow of refugees into Poland and other neighboring countries has triggered comments from some news reporters and presenters who were in disbelief that this could happen on our doorstep, as they say. On the American network CBS, a foreign correspondent compared the refugees to those coming from Iraq and Afghanistan and said the Ukrainians were from a relatively civilized and relatively European place. A reporter in the British network ITV expressed the shock of the crisis by saying, this is not a developing third world nation, this is Europe. And while being interviewed on the BBC, a former deputy prosecutor general of Ukraine said he was very emotional because he sees European people with blue eyes and blonde hair being killed. These comments were widely condemned and many of the organizations have apologized for their insensitivity. But nearly 84 million people around the world have been displaced from their homes because of war, conflict, or persecution since the year 2000, according to the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. Syrians account for roughly 11 million of them. The figure does not include Ukrainian refugees, as a full picture is yet to be established. But by the end of March, more than a month after the Russian assault began, 4 million Ukrainians have fled their homeland. Most of the Ukrainian refugees chose nearby Poland as their first choice to resettle. The European Union, of which Poland is a member, has already agreed to let most Ukrainians live, work, and study across the bloc for up to three years. Work has now begun on a plan to equitably resettle refugees across EU member states. But by restricting that assistance principally to Ukrainians fleeing conflict, the European Union has also exposed the limitations of Europe's solidarity, according to international human rights organizations. Amnesty International said in a recent report that the EU's approach is riddled with double standards as it has not given the same temporary permits and facilities to refugees from non-European countries. Yanis Linarjec is the EU Commissioner for Crisis Management, and he was in the United Arab Emirates in March at a conference on humanitarian aid. He doesn't think there is legitimacy to the criticism that refugees from different countries have been treated differently. The European Union has been generous also to the Syrians. Um, there were more than one million Syrians that went to the European Germany. Union in 2000. Not only Germany, but several others, so Sweden and some other countries. Plus, uh, and that, that should not be underestimated, the European Union has been extremely generous in providing humanitarian aid. Uh, it has provided uh, billions, billions of euros for 
Syrian refugees in Turkey, in Lebanon, in Jordan and elsewhere. So there has been a very strong gener generosity by the European Union and its members, even though, even though Syria is not a neighbor of European Union. Syria is a neighbor of Turkey. Syria is a neighbor of Lebanon. It's a neighbor of Jordan and some other countries. Even though European Union was generous, it accepted more than one million Syrian refugees and it has provided billions, billions of euro for Syrian refugees in neighboring countries, neighboring countries to Syria. While xenophobia and racism are not new topics, the candor about them by some reporters during the ongoing Ukrainian refugee crisis has startled Muniza Kakar, a 29-year-old Afghan woman who sought refuge in Poland with the help of Polish MP Joanna Klodzik. But this has not stopped her from supporting Ukrainian refugees in need. She's part of the team of Afghan volunteers. We can feel their pain. What we face are losing or leaving your own country when you have everything with you, okay? When you have built life, a career and everything, and you are leaving everything behind and coming and starting somewhere with a zero. It is not, it is not easy thing, okay? It is very hard. With the only pain of leaving your country, that is, that is not like we cannot uh, replace that with anything. So I believe that... Uh, we are the best people who can feel their pain, who can understand what they are suffering. So that is the reason that we going there that to tell them one, one thing, that to tell them, okay, that this is not the end. Like we, we are like you and we were like you. But now we are even, in few months we are able and we are standing and to help you. So we are giving the moral support or strength that they shouldn't feel that they lost everything and this is the end of the life. We are giving that uh, strength to them that, no, we can still do a lot and there is a lot we to do. It is not the end. Muniza was a human resources officer with international organizations which operated in Afghanistan before the Taliban. She was also a lecturer at the private Mash'al University in Kabul. She fled Afghanistan with her mother a few months before the Taliban takeover. They first landed in Turkey and then flew to Warsaw last December. She is grateful to Poland as it acted swiftly to protect them, though her name was on the evacuation list of the United Kingdom, a country she once worked with in Afghanistan in different women empowerment projects. The path to a peaceful life seems at last to be clear for Muniza in Poland. You don't have the fear of being getting threat, exposure, blast, kidnapping and this kind of thing from that side like mentally we are very much relaxed back in afghanistan when whenever every day when i was going i was going out with a fear i will be being killed i will be being kidnapped there will be exposure what will happen to my parents if something is happening with me and then i said from last two three years i was receiving threats so these all things were there like a fear always in the back of your mind you had a fear which is not anymore like I'm secure. Uh, last night I went to the railway central railway station of Warsaw, and when I came back, it was around uh, 12 midnight. So uh, because I feel that security here, uh, which was kind of impossible in Afghanistan. The coming weeks will be another test to the commitments and pledges made by many countries in Europe, as well as the United States and Canada, as the number of Ukrainian refugees is expected to rise. There is an outpouring of public support for the people of Ukraine. Sabura Muniza say, from their own experience, 
that what the Ukrainian refugees really need is ongoing support. Public sympathy can be quick to fade with time. You have been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Ahmed Maher. If you have enjoyed this week's Beyond the Headlines, please subscribe to get all the latest episodes. And if you have time, we would really appreciate a review. Thanks this week to our guests, Sabur Daudzai, Yuana Klojek, Yanis Linacic, and Muniza Kakar. This week's episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan.